Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your Thursday. What's happening over there, Gordon? Oh, I just uh, hacked my way into the building uh, through uh, all the semis out there getting ready for, what is it, the Jonas Brothers? What are we? Is it the Jonas Brothers? I think that's right. Yeah. Are, are you sticking around for it tonight, Gordon, like no. you did the Backstreet Boys? No, I'm not. Not, not the, the Jonas Brothers doesn't you do it for you. you got to draw huh? the line somewhere. <laughs> it's at the Jonas Brothers, I see. <laughs> you got to. I learned something new about you every day. That's where the line is drawn. All right, fair enough. I got I got dragged to Backstreet Boys because my wife has really fond memories of my daughters uh, playing that music. Uh, say like when we were on trips or something, somebody playing that, the kids playing that music, and so that's that's the, that was sort of a trip down memory lane. I see. For my wife, don't have the same emotional connection to the Jonas Brothers. Uh, no. Okay. Well, you? Fair enough. No, no, I, I wasn't planning on going. You're an old soul. The only, thing, soul. Uh, the only thing I really know uh, about the Jonas Brothers is I know one of them married Sansa Stark. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, all right. What's her name in real I life? have no idea. Sansa. Uh, the redhead? The redheaded one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, she, is, she really, is she really redheaded? I, I don't know. I think so. Okay. All right, well, good. I'm not her hairdresser. I don't know. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, I kind of miss Game of Thrones. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. I'm just disappointed the last season was so crappy. Actually, the last two seasons were so crappy. Is it possible to do like a do-over? I don't know. Hold everything. They're working on a- Take a a mulligan? I think they're working on a prequel about the Targaryens. But anywho, we have a lot to do on the show today, Gordon. Our road to contention continues at the top of the 5 o'clock hour with Nigel Williams-Goss as he's fighting to make the team. We Uh, uh, Hyphen. We uh, broke that down with David Locke yesterday, Uh, but he is a great interview, and we talked to him, or I talked to him a little bit about John Stockton. He had some interesting thoughts, because he and John are are pretty close with that Gonzaga connection. So we'll hear that at top of the 5 o'clock hour. Tanner Mangum is going to talk some BYU football with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, we're going to uh, talk a little BYU football today. We'll talk some U football as well. And... We're going to get into your column today up at sltrib.com, talking about RSL and Deloy Hansen. We've talked a little bit about the drama that's gone on over uh, at Real Salt Lake, but uh, you wrote about it today, and we'll get into it a little bit further. Yes, we will. You're probably not the most popular guy over there again today. Uh, well, it depends on who you talk to. 
you know. Which is part of your point in the yeah. in the column. A lot of lot of capable, uh, gifted people who work over there, but <clears throat> just you, know, you and I have discussed ownership in the past as far as sports teams go, and how important it is in setting a tone for the franchise. We've got a pretty pretty good example of how to do it well right here with the Utah Jazz. But uh, Real Salt Lake has not been as fortunate in recent years. Quick straw poll, and I don't think uh, Deloy Hansen is this by any means, but quick straw poll. Who is the worst owner in sports? Isn't it Jim Dolan? I, I think he would have to be in the running, although I don't think would be my answer. Austin? Uh, the If it's not him, then Stephen Ross of the Dolphins? Is it Stephen Ross? I think Jeffrey so. Ross? No, that's the roast master. <laughs> Gwen Steph or uh, Gwen, uh, what's her? Gloria Stefan. Yeah. No, also, she's with the Marlins, isn't she? I think she's a part owner of, of the Dolphins. Not the oh. Heat, not the Heat. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. I don't know where her it's owner. Me. Is Jimmy Buffett have his foot in the door there somewhere, too? I, I think he did at one point. I know he got ejected from a Miami Yeah, Heat I remember game. that. Um, I I think my answer would be Dan Snyder. Oh, that's He's, yeah. hard to argue. I mean, especially now, have you read, a, in, and not that we have to dwell on this, but have you read into all the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff because he's trying to get his stadium actually back somewhere near Washington, D.C.? <laughs> I mean, it seems like they just built FedEx Field, and they built it in the middle of nowhere, Maryland, and everybody hates it, and nobody goes to Redskins games anymore. And now he's trying to swindle his way back into the city. <laughs> How's he going to do that? I don't know. He's trying to grease some palms. You should read into it. It's, a, it's kind of a— What would they do with uh, FedEx? What did they do with RFK? Well, yeah, but that thing had run its course. Yeah, I, you I remember driving past RFK when, RFK when I was a kid. But I would imagine FedEx would meet the, the same fate. Sonny Jurgensen back in that day, whatnot. Uh, but I, anyway. I've been to FedEx. Uh, people don't like it? Uh, no, because no. they don't like the location, for one. Yeah, it's out there a little bit. I wonder if the 49ers will feel the same way. Eventually, moving so far out of the city. Tony Bergstrom, during rivalry week, told you guys he likes Dan Snyder as his owner. He did say that, although didn't he also say he doesn't really know him all and that well? And then he said he didn't know him too well. Yeah. But Who my said answer, that? Tony Bergstrom. Yeah. My answer would be Dan Snyder. Wonder whatever. Who's the worst owner in sports? At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Uh, well. <laughs> Former owner, Donald Sterling. Oh, yeah. Well, when he ceased becoming an owner, that really left the title open because he was pretty hands down. <laughs> he was the worst owner in sports there for a, a really wrong, long time. Frank McCourt, also a bad owner. You know, I probably haven't ever brought this up on the air before, but did you know that Donald Sterling invited me to a Clippers game? Did We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. Agreed, Gordon. Agreed. Yeah, well, probably a thousand times. The bad Donald Sterling. <laughs> yeah. Not the good Don oh, Sterling. No, 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 not Don Sterling, no. All right, we, uh, let's get into a little college football today for the split story. However, let's, uh, let's talk a little BYU. Austin? Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. I was listening to Tony and Austin today, as I do every day, from 10 to noon. You never miss, do you? Uh, no, I listen to all our shows every day. Listen to a lot of sports radio. 
uh, and well, as much of the shows as I possibly can. But certainly caught Will Snowden on with Tony in Austin today. Will, our, our Cougar insider, you can hear him on the BYU preview show. You can hear him on our pre and post game shows right here on the Zone uh, Radio Network. Will also the owner of Alpha Recruits, and I got to say. Will's terrific. Yes, he, he is. He has uh, really guy. been a great analyst for us over the past few years. And because of his uh, you know, role in the recruiting world, often his opinions are really informed and really good because he's living it on a daily basis. And it's part of what makes him good here on The Zone. But I thought he was particularly good with Tony and Austin today. And he had an answer. Now, this goes on for a couple of minutes. That's where we want to set it up. But uh, he, he really brought it. And he's talking about whether they have the players – to get BYU football back to where it once was. And here's what he had to say. The biggest thing that BYU has traditionally is, you know, we're going to fight you literally till the end. It's going to be a, a fight. No matter what's happening in the game, we will fight you until the end. And at the end of the day, that that – so I look at Diane defensively. Obviously, um, I think that Zach is that guy who, who was being that guy. But, guys, this is the reality. Brigham Young University does not have the depth that most schools have. We just don't. And it's for several reasons. The recruiting, the way we have to recruit, the, the players that we have, it's a different organization than the average college football organization. So – Schools that have that, that can get through a juggernaut of a schedule. I mean, we, we've got a tough, one of the toughest schedules in the country. You have to have a large amount of depth. And how do you get that depth? I mean, it comes down to recruiting. But when it's, a t- when it's not a school that the top recruits and the top LDS kids aren't 100% committed to going to anymore, you have some issues. And the reason the kids aren't committed to going to BYU is not because of the coaching staff. That's not why they're not committed to going to BYU. Every kid out there loves his coaching staff. It's not about the coaching staff. There's other things that hold people back from committing to BYU, going to BYU, and all we have to do is just take a good look at what we're up against. We, when in, our, in our state of Utah, the top, top kids uh, have been getting out. Right. I mean, look over the last couple of years. Look at the this year. This year, Noah Sewell is the top player in our state, and he didn't even list one of our any in-state school as even a possibility of his top five. So there's, it's a bigger picture that people need to look at, and we just have to be in reality. So yes, the leadership has to be better all across the board, from the coaches to the players. But also, it's not just hey, we should never lose to these. No, that's not reality. You have to play every single week. You have to execute, and even when you're tired, even when you don't have the same depth that other schools have to go to your twos and threes to keep you to get, to give your starter some 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 breathing room. Um, that's what BYU's up against. So all I'll say is it's a it's a real challenge. I mean, it's really it's a real challenge, and I think that you know BYU and their staff are doing a pretty good job. I mean, you're sitting at two and three. Yes, you lost to Toledo, and any real football person who actually identifies and looks at the film of Toledo, looks at their recruits, you'll say, oh wow, yeah, these guys they have some they have some things to work with. They've got they've got some speed on the perimeter. Oh wow, they've got some things to work with. It's not like you're just playing the boys and girls club. That's not who they played. They played Toledo, and that's the same thing they're going to get when they play South Florida. A bunch of Southern boys who are 100 percent. All they think about is football, and they've been thinking about football their whole life until they got to college. 
And when they got to college, they're thinking football first. The beautiful thing and the great thing about BYU is we really aren't a football first program. I mean, that's just the reality. We've got all types of things. We've got more married guys than anyone else in the country. People with children, church callings. I mean, we just have to be realistic. And, and that's where I'm going to be. Does that mean I don't think our program can be great? I think it can be great. But until we actually are, like, in reality, like, oh, yeah, we, our guys deal with a lot more, right? That's high standards as far as the school, high standards as far as how you carry yourself. I mean, there's a standard if you can have a beard or not. And I, I'm a BYU graduate and love BYU. But we have to get in reality where it's like, yeah, we might not have the same depth. It's hard to get through a season and win 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games a year. And, and, and obviously, the reality is we're not happy with the, – the, our fan base is not happy with seven or eight wins. We need much more wins than that. So they've got to get creative with how they're going to get to that level. Strong words from Will Snowden. Uh, I thought he was terrific. You can catch that whole interview up at 1280thezone.com. You can search out uh, podcasts from uh, Tony, the Tony and Austin show as well. But what do you think about what Will had to say right there, Warden? Well, I essentially wrote the same thing about a month and a half ago. I mean, there are reasons for this. BYU is caught up in its own mythology. Its fans want to believe that it is what it once was. The question is, was it ever really what people thought it was? I mean, they had some terrific individual players that went through that program back in the day. Great coaches, and they handled policy a little different back then. Uh, BYU could recruit, could uh, could reel in some of the best LDS talent out there, and uh, some of that isn't true anymore. And I agree with what Will was saying there, that they don't have the talent necessary to live up to the schedule, to live up to uh, what those expectations lingering from three or four decades ago uh, has created. And you brought up a good point when we talked about this the last time, that BYU is also losing the teams it should beat. And so there's that issue as well, but at least the teams that we think it should beat. But the depth is an issue. The overall talent is an issue. The playmaking ability is an issue. BYU is good enough to reach up and beat certain teams on occasion. They just can't do it consistently, and they are just as vulnerable to losing to lesser teams uh, as they are capable of beating marquee programs every once in a while. So it happens to BYU among some of the lesser schools they play as well. So here they are stuck in this kind of uh, you can call it mediocrity if you want. That's really kind of what it is. I agree with Will completely. He's right on the money. You? Yes, I, I agree with him um, for the most part. I wonder how much has, like you do, how much has actually changed. But because BYU has never been deep. That's never been one of their strengths. And it, it probably never will be for a lot of the reasons Will laid out there. They take players that they probably are above. They, they have no business taking and they, t- they get players that they probably have no business getting because of the connection to the church. And I still think that that is, I still think that that is the case. So that's, that's not necessarily something and that's And they can't changed. get players because of the place but it, I, that, that it is under the way it's structured, the way its policies are, the way its requirements are, all that. But those, but it's, it's not built on a reputation from 30 years ago. I don't necessarily agree with that because Bronco, Bronco was winning 10 games a year, 10 games, yeah, 10 but that, years Yeah, that was ago. before they upgraded the schedule. 
Um, yes, it is. Right, but how how much upgraded is it really? Oh, it is. They're playing four P5 teams instead of two? Oh, I don't know. You have to agree that the schedule is tougher now than it was when Bronco was coaching at BYU. He still won 10 games as an independent, but I get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, I, but they but, hadn't they hadn't ramped it up yet to the point where it is now. Yeah, but those teams with Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and Austin Colley, they were a lot better than what we're seeing right now at BYU, regardless of how difficult the schedule is. Those teams were better. Well, how do you measure that? My brain? My well, eye test? Well, you could say the same thing about Steve Young's teams. About Robbie Bosco's teams, right? Okay. I mean, I, I agree with that. Yes, they were better, but I don't know how they would do if they had to play the schedule that the Cougars have now. Uh, my bet would be better than the current Cougars are handling. Yeah, it. I, I suppose probably so, but I don't. It, it's that's the way it seems. One thing, Bronco. Uh, you know, Bronco's record in the really big games, tough opponents, games he wasn't supposed to win, wasn't necessarily terrific. It wasn't terrific at all. But Bronco always beat the teams he was supposed to beat. You can think of, and he was there for a long time, so maybe always is a little strong, but can you think of very many games that Bronco, he he lost one to San Jose State, I think, that was a bad one. Yeah, but you remember that his records were slipping the longer he was there. So that that's an interesting point. That's an interesting addition to the conversation. So was that Bronco slipping or was that the situation slipping? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. important thing to ask, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's situational, kind of like punting. <laughs> Tell us about it, Coach. Ah, uh-uh, Jay. But uh, yeah, I, I you know I think it's a it's a combination of those two things. But <laughs> the expectations. Uh, BYU is a 60,000-seat stadium. I mean, that is a big-time facility. That it, it reflects the history of the program, but it's not the reality of the program now. And all this stuff that Will has talked about and some of the stuff that you've mentioned goes into that. Uh, BYU cannot get – is not getting – the top LDS athletes anymore. They get some of it, but they used to get the majority of right. it, or most of it, and now they don't because LDS talent out there has, well, quite frankly, better options. Now, there is one thing I think that they can do, and they've already started doing it, because I think this is a lesson Kalani learned a couple years ago. There was a reason that Bronco was as militant as he was, because he knew the talent gap was there and the depth was there, and so how do you overcome some of that? You are the toughest, most disciplined most mentally, you know, uh, I don't want to say mentally tough per se, but you you know where you have to be at all times. You don't make mistakes. You've got it all buttoned up. Bronco is really good at that. Assignment sound football. And it may not have been. It may not Playing have been at a higher level. He may not have been a quote players coach, but that's how he got the most to, out of his teams at BYU. We all kind of teased him for that whole walk on thing, where he really loved it when walk ons worked their way up. That's, but. That's what we're talking about. That's Bronco needed those types of players to win because he wasn't going to have – you know, you can be a player's coach at Alabama. Maybe it's a bad example. But you can be a player's coach at some of these programs. Like Pete Carroll was at USC. Yeah, sure. Let all your players do whatever the heck they want. What difference does it make? They're, they're bigger, stronger, faster than every single team they're going to play. So, sure, knock yourself out. Hey, player's coach, let's all have a good time. But when you're the constant underdog – 
you can't operate that way. And I do think Kalani's running a tighter ship. I think he did learn that lesson a couple of years ago. But that is probably the reason, a big part of the reason Bronco was the way he was. But part of the reason they are the underdog is because of the situation they have put themselves in. Namely, playing a more difficult schedule than they used to play. I don't know how much that... And obviously, you can point to all argue. kinds of things, Jake. No conference to play in, and not in a P five. Other options are available to players that BYU is very interested in to go play in a P five conference. Uh, BYU has isolated itself in some ways. Tried to get into the Big Twelve, couldn't couldn't quite get in there. Uh, has policies that are both academic and uh, it's uh, it's honor code, infamous honor code that uh, prevents uh, a lot of players or dissuades some of them uh, not to deal with that. And so they go other places. So is it really really any shock that BYU football isn't that good? That's a little it's a little shocking because they've but done it in the should past. Should it be? I don't know not under this not under these conditions. Let me ask you this. 2006 BYU team, a team I know that you had a lot of respect for and you thought was was pretty darn good, right? John Beck's senior year. Yeah, not as good as the 96 team, not as good as the 84 team. Yeah, it's a little uh, more recent, though. Not as good as the 83 team. But it's in people's mind. Okay. How do you think they that— They remember it was 13 years ago. I know. How do you think that that team would have done against this year's schedule? Better or worse? Or a let's lot see. better? Or a lot let's worse? Let's give a rundown on the players that were on that team. John Beck was on Who else was on that team? Uh, here's some. remember. Here's some defensive guys for you. Cam Jensen, Brian Keel, Quinn Gooch, David Nixon, our boy the Criddler, uh, Justin Robinson, Dustin Gabriel, Kelly Papinga, Jan Jorgensen, Russell T. Alavea. Yeah, some pretty good names there. Uh, let's see. Aaron Wagner. Uh, on offense, uh, Curtis Brown, Fui Vakapuna, John Beck, Manasse Tonga. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Harleen. Harvey Unga was on that team, although did not play uh, as much. Michael Reed. Remember Michael Reed? He was a good receiver. Yeah, there's some pretty good I teams. mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good team. I think that they would be much more competitive against this year's schedule. And maybe that's not fair because that was a senior-laden team. Mm-hmm. They had been building to that point for a while. So I get it. You know, the, what was the, the comparison record on that team? Might not be direct. 11-2? and two. I think it was 11-2. Uh, and two. Yep. Mm-hmm. 16th in the final AP poll. Yeah, that's a pretty good team. 8-0 in conference. Yeah, this team does not have the same, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, athletes get bigger, faster, stronger as time goes by. But relative to, the, to uh, athletes of the day, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that, that, team, that team would do better. I don't know if that team would beat Washington or Utah. I mean, that would certainly be a fun game to watch if we could, you know, you know, get rid of the time-space continuum or whatever that thing is. But I certainly think that team would beat Toledo. <laughs> you think? And I would. Who'd they lose to that year? I would favor that team probably against Utah State and Boise State too. Uh, let me. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to scroll through and find this. I think they I mean, lost to Boston College. Oh yeah, I covered that game. Yeah, and I want to say Arizona, but that was, I could uh, be wrong that about was, that. Uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan, quarterback in that Boston College team, wasn't it? If I remember right, I think you're uh, correct. Yeah, uh, yeah, went back for that. Had the best bowl of uh, clam chowder I've ever had. On that trip, uh, let's see here. So they lost to Arizona. I was right, sixteen to thirteen, and then they lost that one to Boston College, 
thirty to twenty three. Yeah. They yeah. beat Tol- and they had opportunities to win that game too. They beat Tulsa, Utah State, TCU, San Diego State, UNLV, Air Force, Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico, Utah, and Oregon in the bowl game. And look at that lineup, though. Come on, that's nothing like what they're facing now. Well, TCU was 17th in the country. Yeah, I mean Boston TCU, College was Oregon. 23rd in the country. I Oregon suppose. in the bowl they, game. They had a couple challenges. Yeah, you're right. Utah wasn't terrible. Actually, 06, Utah was pretty good that year, were they not? Those were the days when in the Mountain West it was uh, Utah and TCU and BYU battling it out. So, I don't know. I guess the point is, has it slipped and why? I mean, we, we're we going to have this conversation I think forever. it has slipped, Jake, for the reasons that we've talked about. The academic standards are, are more stringently enforced. The honor code is more stringently enforced. Uh, the... Uh, the, the the other options have gotten better for LDS talent. Hmm. All right, what do you think? You can tweet us at Jake Scott Zone at uh, Gordon Monson at Austin Horton as well. I, I wouldn't say never. I mean, I or, or I maybe BYU can get it back together. You know, maybe they can find a way. Maybe they can open up some of these channels so that they can make it attractive for top-notch LDS talent to come in and maybe guys like Tyson Williams to come in. Yeah, I, I don't know what his religious background is, but uh, you know BYU has had some great, great players outside the LDS faith play there. I mentioned the 96 team. Uh, Omar Morgan was on that team. Tim McTire was on that team. I don't think those guys were LDS, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But they played r- strong roles on that team. I think it was Omar Morgan who caught that interception in the end zone against Kansas State that ended up winning that, the, the Cotton Bowl for the Cougars. So, I mean, they've done it in the past. Somehow, in order to, to, to change this, to alter it, Jake, they have to make it more attractive, to especially the LDS athletes, and then maybe a sprinkling of others who can, who, who can get by there. And, and feel comfortable and whose parents might want them to be in an environment like that. I'm not saying it can never happen, but man, it seems like that's a long way away now, especially relative to the emphasis on football at so many schools that are out there also recruiting some of the top-notch LDS talent in high school football. We'll get to Gordon's column coming up right around the corner, uh, talking about uh, what's going on at RSL. We'll get to that straight ahead. We'll talk some youth football on the show. Tanner Mangum, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Nigel Williams-Goss, the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jay Drew. BYU, what do you think and know about this team that the average fan doesn't know that would either set their mind at ease or let them know that disaster is imminent and they can at least brace themselves for it? I just think mediocrity is imminent. I think they're just going to keep doing what they do, which is finish around 500. They have to play near perfect to win, which they pretty much did against USC when they don't play perfectly like they did against Toledo. Then they lose. I called it a fragile team, and I think they're easily breakable. I don't know if it's their psyche, their mentality, or just the fact that they're not heavily talented. But they are what they are, I guess, which is pretty much an average, mediocre college football team right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Mm -hmm. 
road again Just can't wait to get on the road again Band of the day today, Willie Nelson, selected by who? Who picked it? Gordon or Austin? Or did you guys? Uh, it was just Austin's kinda... idea, I, and I was off of work. Yeah. My suggestion, Gordon's pick. I like Willie Nelson. Well done, you two. <laughs> Teamwork. Uh, Band of the day, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. You know, uh, by the way, do you know that he uh, has what? Us. He sold more records than any other country artist? He's artists got the, the all-time uh, revenue for country artists. How about so that? So tickets, concerts, uh, merchandise, albums, singles, all of that. Wow. Dope smoked. Probably. Been doing it for a long time. Willie. Everybody likes Willie, don't they? You got to. I uh, want to say a big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with the new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon, you have a column up, sltrib.com. Will it be in the hard copy tomorrow, I'm assuming? Uh, yes, it will. Headlined, Deloy Hansen could make RSL great again if he changes his mind and his M.O., yeah, his mindset, his uh, way of of doing things. Did you purposely go uh, Donald Trump on that? Yes, that was. Is that your headline or somebody else's? Oh, uh, that one was mine. That one was yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, what? Well, nice some, touch. Some of them aren't. Some of them are. Uh, well, lay out what we're uh, going through in this column, Gordon, because I certainly have some thoughts on it. Well, there have been problems with uh, RSL ever since Dave Check had sold the team over to Deloy Hansen. And uh, mistakes have been made that could have been avoided. At least some of them could have and, uh, and, and should have been, quite frankly. Uh, there is a, a lack of awareness at the top of that franchise that uh, that uh, needs to be corrected, in my opinion. And look, owning a sports team, you know how that goes, Jake, how important it is to hire the right people, put them in their positions, allow them to operate and do their jobs, and leave them alone. I know you're signing the, 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 the checks. I know you're, you're kind of the money guy. You're the... Uh, you're watching over the the franchise as a whole, but the best owners in sports, and there are some outliers, but the best owners in sports usually are the ones who know who to hire, who to let do their jobs, who to get rid of when when it's not working out right, and staying the course. And that has not been the case with RSL since its glory years, back when uh, when uh, Dave was. Involved in the in the process, Dave's problem is he didn't have enough money to own the team, and so Deloy Hansen, what's he worth? Four billion dollars or something? I have like no that? clue. He's worth a bunch of money. He's got the he's got the cash to do it. Now he just has to take the right stance, hire the right people, pay them the money, and let them do their jobs. And he hasn't been. And the the most recent screw up is this whole thing with Mike Pecky and Craig Weibel. I mean, you've Weibel read, stepping down last yeah, week, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I've talked to enough people over there through the years, people I trust, who have told me what the inner workings are over there, and it's kind of a mess. And and, and that's been reflected on uh, on the pitch. Now, this year, despite the dysfunction that's gone on with Petke and Weibel and 
all that. Uh, you know, they're they're fifth in the West, which is, is you know, they're they're hanging in there. But it could be so much better, in my opinion. They're in the dance. Yeah. So um, th- this latest thing with Weibel and Pecky, I mean, this lawsuit is is not going to be pretty, and we've already seen the beginning stages of that. And you you talked about this in the column, but uh, there were some texts that Pecky included in the lawsuit from Weibel, where Weibel basically said he's had it, I've had it. I'm out of here anyway. I'm going to leave at the end of the season. Uh, it said some, you know not real kind things about ownership. And actually I don't blame I don't blame Deloitte for parting ways with the general manager after something like that comes to light. There's not really any coming back from that. <laughs> so and it's obviously not working. So unless yeah. unless there is humility on the part of the owner. But the owner's not going anywhere. I mean you're gonna you're gonna basically throw down with your boss in public even though it wasn't really his fault. You know, that's it, that's probably a pretty good sign he's not working. So I, mean, I, I don't blame him for, for doing that. But I, I think what led, has led up to this is worthy of criticism in my mind. An example of, of these uh, expressions or alleged expressions, I guess, in Petke's lawsuit, he essentially says that Weibel uh said that the work atmosphere, the work environment at RSL was the toughest in all of Major League Soccer, without a doubt. Hmm. That's indicting, I'd say. And then he said somewhere in there, something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing here, uh, sort of we all know where that comes from. So you connect the dots there. But it's... Uh, and, and look, Hanson has done some nice things. I mean... Uh, you know, he's got the soccer academy. He's got the, the stadium for the Real Monarchs, the Utah Royals football club, uh, some nice upgrades at Rio Tinto Stadium. So he, he, has, he has accomplished some, some nice things. It's too bad that there is this overriding cloud over the franchise that is uh, frustrating for those who have worked there and who do work there. His vision to make Salt Lake kind of a soccer hub, I think is really cool. And and there's the, the stuff you're talking about in there, the upgrades to Rio Tinto, the facility that is built out in West Valley, uh, certainly the the Monarchs as they're trying to support the Major League Club with development system. We see yeah, with the you Jazz, grow some talent. The Jazz you, and the Stars. Gotta, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in fact, that's where Petke came from, right, where they're developing coaches there too. I think that uh, that's all smart. The Royals, I, I hope nothing but success for the Royals because I think the answer to our well, women's soccer conversation that we've had in the past is that that product becomes more popular. If those um, gals, you know, deserve to make a better living, that's where it's going to happen at that level. So have they been drawn like ten thousand or so? I mean, I'm not like sure. I'd have drawn. to go look. I've I've heard it's been pretty good, yeah. but so I guess what I'm saying is yes, 100. percent I admire that vision. I think I think that uh, is bold. And I like it because you're taking a, a non-mainstream sport and you're trying to build it here into something different, which I think is really cool. But you've got to you've, you've got to worry about the overall product, and you've got to function. Ownership is extremely important to success on the field. We've talked about it over and over and over again. Some of those success or those examples we talked about in the last segment. We had a tweet that came in and says James Dolan is in basketball mecca. He's and he hasn't put a competitive product on the floor. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, at some point that that twenty five years or something. At, at some point, that comes down from from what's on top. And considering where RSL was, you would hate to see a run like that due to ownership mm-hmm. and mismanagement. Sure. Right. Well, let me give you an example: the Petke thing. He, most people know this. He was involved in an exchange between him and uh, an official. After a game, and Petke was very upset, and he was hurling slurs at this uh, official, and it created quite a stink. And so, what does uh, Deloy Hansen do? He goes in front of a group of people and essentially says that he's thinking about offloading Mike Petke. It's it's on video. Mm-hmm. I mean, what owner does that? You don't do that. And it seems to me like he hadn't even made up his mind yet. Right. And yet he's discussing it in public. That's just a bad way to handle these situations. And that stuff has come up time and time again. I mean, going all the way back to the times of Jason Christ and Garth Lagerway and Bill Manning, uh, all those guys. And some people say, well, Jason Christ, he was lured away. He was recruited away eh. by – well, I mean, anybody who knew what was going on a good year before that happened – that the stage was being set for him to be, uh, let's say it this way, vulnerable to be recruited. So uh, these are things that can be avoided, and it's little things like that, or they're not so little, that make a huge difference in building a franchise up to fulfill its potential. And RSL beat the odds here. Dave Checkett's put together a program, a, a, a team here, and he worked hard to get that set up here. He just didn't have enough money to sustain it. And But they won. They won the freaking cup. Eh? They had another shot at it after that. But once uh, Hanson took over, where, where has the club been? I mean, not pathetic. This team isn't pathetic. But it's, again, stuck in sort of this land of mediocrity. That could be better than it is. They got a beautiful stadium out there. They've got, they had, a large fan base. I don't, I don't know where that is now. A lot of people are kind of upset with the way this whole thing's been run. Ownership's so important. We talk about it a lot. I think it is the single most important thing in all the sports. I know you got to have great players. You got to have great coach. You have all that stuff, but it all starts at the top. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match call today. And join the Action Plumbing Superhero team, 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. More straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Brian Jones, CBS Sports. Toledo's, you know, a good football team, but BYU should not be losing to these types of teams and beating SC, Tennessee, and the like. Do you agree or do you disagree and why? No, I, I agree 100%. BYU's much better than that. I believe BYU allowed one game to beat them twice. I believe that they were still smarting from that loss to Washington, and so they weren't ready for Toledo, and they should have been. You would think they would be able to put that aside, that loss, a week ago and get back out there and, and focus on a team that's making its chops to knock off one of the big boys because that's what BYU is. They come well-respected, so Toledo saw this as an opportunity to make a name for themselves, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. 
Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Riding on the city of New Orleans Illinois Central Monday morning rail Big show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, join the big show coming up tomorrow from 3 to 6. Our friend Andrew Reinhardt will be here with Wasatch Medical Clinic. He'll be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. I've never heard Willie's version of this song. Haven't you? Oh, this is an Arlo Guthrie song. This is a great song. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you know, i got a question for you, Jake. Hit me. Uh, which of these nicknames is gonna or is going to stick? Which of your nicknames? Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> I mean, like Nigel Williams Goss hyphen. Could that stick? Does that have a chance of sticking? I don't. Uh, no. The seven year vitch. No. I think he Bobo. I think he goes. His nickname, I think, is Bogey. Bogey. But you like Bobo, like the bear? No, like Bo, Jan, and Bogdanovich. Bobo. Isn't it Bogdanovich? Yeah, but it starts with a B-O. Oh. Well, how about just B-O? <laughs> that has other connotations. Well, your, your nickname for Ed Davis is E.D. Well, that's true. But that's funny. <laughs> oh, will that stick? I'm guessing no. <laughs> ED goes I mean, hard. <laughs> I mean, stop. <laughs> this is why that won't stick. How about smooth for uh, Mike Conley or Cool Hand? Cool Hand Conley. Yeah. Or the Fridge Resistance. What was your other one for Rudy? I uh, uh, well, Rat the Rat. The Rat. Yeah. Which. <laughs> doesn't make any sort of sense. JoJo for Joe Ingles? I don't think so. Pringles? I don't think so. When you pop the top, you can't stop? How about, how about Blue or you know, Blue It? Wasn't, wasn't his nickname just he? Well, that was one of them. There was there was Blue, there was Jet Blue, Bluer Than Blue, and there was He. <laughs> he Blew It. <laughs> Come on! He H E E. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stick. No. Uh, one and done for Tony Bradley. Yeah, but then you have to remember that you have to spell it to avoid confusion. <laughs> and I don't think one, that's going to work. W O N. Silent S uh, for uh, George Niang. Silent but deadly. Silent S. I don't silent think so. Silent Assassin. Because of the Silent S? There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of S's in Assassin. Uh, no, how about how about uh, rolls for uh, Royce O'Neal, or pick and rolls, pick and rolls Royce, <laughs> or Jello for Jeff Green? Come on, work with me here. Jello, Jell-O? Oh. who wants their nickname to be Jello? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What's happening, Jello? Nice game. Words and Donovan Mitch will always remain. I'm not going to. Mayday for Moutier? Why are we doing this again? Because I want it to stick. We don't. Uh, do you think any of these are going to stick, Austin? Sadly, yes, I do. Do you? Yeah. Which one? There's a there's a section of listeners that enjoy this type of that thing. That will call them hyphen? Macar- yes. Macaroni-oni? <laughs> That's great if we're in kindergarten. <laughs> Uh, brick house for Jarrell Brantley. That might have been your best one. Uh, Sven tweets in. Or the boss for Wright Foreman or Sundance for Stanton Kid. Come on, work with me. It w- Sven tweets in. He says it's close to what Gordon suggested, but when he hits a corner three, how about Chef Boyan for three? Yeah. There you go. But chef. see, that's that's yeah, Chef. That's better. Well, I have that on here too. You wanted to call him Chef Boyardee. That doesn't. I know. This, but this flows off the tongue much better. <laughs> chef Boyan yeah, yeah, for three. Yeah, well, just just Chef then. Chef. I like that. that see, that's not bad. But that spins. No, I had Chef Boyardee on here. <laughs> that's not what he's suggesting. He's suggesting just Chef. Well, that's Chef Chef Boyardee. It doesn't matter. Chef is fine. I'm good with that. Is you going to take credit away from Sven? <laughs> no. Sven and I are thinking on the same page here. If you can think on a page. It's like Chef 2.0. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Joining us next, we're going to talk oh, to Tanner man. Mangum, former BYU quarterback. i got to get some love on this. I mean, I know you guys love giving me a hard time, but I think a couple, a few of these are pretty good. I mean, there's no bags with you here, but there's... Close. Close. There'll never be another okay. can, can we? Can, let me just hear from you, okay? At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Uh, any of these. Give me two or three. That's well, all. What's going to stick? Yeah. And uh, Hyphen will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Whoa. Nigel Williams-Goss. <laughs> Fun conversation with him today. Indeed. As the road to contention continues on. Tanner Mangum joins the show Jello. next. 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder, you're certainly capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Well, I, to be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year. I don't think we're picked third in the West this year, so I don't know if we're being hunted or we're hunting. Or I hope we get hunted a little bit because that gives you urgency. And I hope we do some hunting too because <laughs> I think with that, whatever. Whatever the external perceptions are, you know, however we process that, it's important for our focus to be on maximizing who we are. And that doesn't mean you don't have goals. You know, ideally we have high goals and, you know, enthusiasm for those, but the way to get there is to kind of dig in. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Do you put most everything down the garbage disposal?